Welcome to an inspiring message from Pastor John Cameron, lead pastor of Arise Church in New Zealand. We know this message will encourage, inspire, and empower you. Genesis chapter 37, here come the dreamers. Verse five, one night Joseph had a dream and when he told his brothers about it, they hated him even more. Listen to this dream, he said. We were out in the field tying up bundles of grain and suddenly my bundles stood up and all your bundles gathered around mine and bowed low before mine. His brothers responded, so you think you will be our king, do you? Do you actually think you will reign over us? And they hated him all the more because of his dreams and the way he talked about them. It's important for our message. They hated him because he was a dreamer who talked about his dreams. In verse nine, soon Joseph had another dream and again he told his brothers about it. The guy just can't keep his mouth shut. You think he'd learn from the first time, right? Listen, I had another dream, he said. The sun, moon, and 11 stars bowed low before me. This time he told the dream to his father as well as his brothers, but his, bro his father scolded him. What kind of dream is that, he asked. Will your mother and I and your brothers actually come and bow to the ground before you? But while his brothers were jealous of Joseph, his father wondered what the dreams meant. You can tell a person with a strong identity, the friends you want in your life, and not the people who hate you when you have aspiration. You want the people who are like, okay, well, that's bigger than I can wrap my head around, but I'm just going to wonder with you for a while. See what becomes of this. You don't want to hang out with people who hate you because of your dreams. In verse 18, the Bible says, When Joseph's brothers saw him coming, they recognized him in the distance. As he approached, they made plans to kill him. Here comes the dreamer, they said. Verse 19, just one more time. Here comes the dreamer. Here comes the dreamer. Father, I just pray and I thank you for the promise of your word. And as we dive into this message about dreams, firstly, I just want to pray that you would just guide my words. Let them be the words that you would have me speak. I really do pray, Lord, that you would I surrender this tongue to you, this mouth. And I pray that you would use it for your glory. I pray that you would encourage people, inspire people, lift people, energize people, give faith to people, bring freedom to our hearts, bring dreams to us, Lord. And I pray secondly that you would give this um, wonderful auditoriums around the country that are gathered together tonight, just a sense of your spirit moving. We know that it's not by might, it's not by power, it's not by vocal strength, it's not by eloquence, but it is by your spirit, Lord. And we're asking you, send your spirit into our services, into our hearts, change us forever we ask in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Come on, let me hear all across the country. One, two, three. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. You're doing a great job. Boo to fighty. Give him a big clap, everybody. Every campus. Come on, he's a good man. He's a dad now too, which is awesome. Dreams, dreams play an incredibly important part of our lives. No matter who you are, your life is going to be a whole lot better if you have a dream present in your life. When you have dreams, dreams sustain you in the face of life challenges. 
When you have a dream in your heart, it's going to motivate you to reach higher. Without a dream, you're going to go along with the flow. You're not going to want to stand out. You're going to settle for status quo. You're going to underachieve. When you have a dream, it's going to motivate you that you cannot settle where others would settle. You can't just go along with the tide. You can't just settle into the group, but you have to rise above and go for something higher. When you have a dream in your life, it changes the way you see the world that is around you. The presence of that dream is going to cause you to look at people, circumstances, situations, and you're going to see them differently from the way that others would see them. Because without a dream, you only see things as they are. When you have a dream, you see things as they could be. I want to throw it out to you tonight as they should be. So that changes the way that you see something. You look at it, and what others would say is devoid of potential, you'd say is full of potential. You look at everything different, so therefore, you're seeing opportunities where others wouldn't. When you have a dream in your life, it brings energy to you. When you don't have a dream, it absolutely drains you of energy. The most worn out people I've met are not those that have encountered the toughest opposition in their lives, but those who don't believe that life can be any better than the life they're living now. That's incredibly draining. But when you have a dream in your life, you can be in the middle of tremendous opposition, great difficulty. But the presence of that dream, man, it brings energy to you. You can't sleep at night. When you do, you can't wait to wake up because you're alive with a sense that we're going to change the world. We're going to do something bigger. And that's why dreams are incredibly important for every single one of us. And it's important for us to note tonight that God fit each and every one of us together with an intention that we would have a dream in our lives. You were fit for dreams, designed to be the recipient of a dream. God designed you with dreams in mind. I don't want to spend too long on this morning's content because I only made it through one, two, three out of eight points this morning. But I want to take a, a little bit of time just to tell you that the thing that differentiates you from an animal, the reason why you can tell that you're a child of God and that my dog isn't. I love my dog. I love my dog very, very much. It's like the fifth member of my family. I'm not even kidding. It's amazing. It sleeps on my son's bed. And when he's away, my wife lets him sleep on my bed. But the thing about my, my dog is that my dog is stuck in time. All animals are. He celebrates me returning, but he can't discern whether I've been away from him for a day, a week, or for a month, because as a mammal, he is stuck in time. What is different about you and I is that we have the ability to travel through time. Through our memories, we go backwards and we consider where we have come from. And your memories form part of your psyche. And because of your memories, it doesn't matter what happened to you in the past. When you call a memory to mind, it affects your emotional state today. Because you can be filled with joy because of something that happened to you tomorrow. You can also be filled with pain and heartache. Sorry, you can be filled with joy because of what happened to you yesterday. You can also be filled with heartache because of what happened to you yesterday. Even though your yesterday is gone. But you have the ability as a human to travel through time to where something has already happened to you. But we can also flip that on its head as human beings because we were designed by God and because we are spirit beings. 
we can also go forward in time. God brings into our lives dreams. We see a preferable future. We see the world as it could be. We come alive with expectation. Something floods our hearts. We become, we come, become consumed. My life can make a difference. My family can be different. I can change this world. And because of the reality of dreams and visions, just like my memories can affect the way I feel in the moment, so my dreams and visions might be a picture from another moment in time, a future moment in time. But when you receive a vision and a dream, it affects the way you feel in the here and in the now. I'm not just telling that to you hypothetically, I'm telling it to you experientially. And that's why God is wanting His people to be people that are filled with visions and dreams. Because without visions and dreams in our lives, we become stuck like animals get stuck, living just in what we're in right now. And that is not God's will for anyone. God wants to fill your life with potential. God wants to illuminate your tomorrows. God wants to flood your life with a feeling of purpose. He wants you waking up in the morning knowing that your life counts. That's the God that we serve. Come on, every campus, if you believe that about people around you, give your God some praise. I know there are a lot of people that have come to these services this evening with as family and friends of those being baptized, and I just need you to know about God. God never made a mistake. There is no one redundant on this planet. There is no reject, no defect, no leftover, no one. Everybody God made is full of divine potential. You're alive for a reason. Your life has a purpose. You are not a reject. You're not a mistake. You're not an amoeba that got lucky. You're a child of God. You are beautiful. You're talented. You're full of potential. Your life matters. Your life is worth living. God designed you to fulfill His purpose on the planet. And God is wanting your life to collide with the dream that He has for you. I'd like to say about three seconds of praise for the people around us whom God made. And they need to know that we celebrate them because they're a creation of the Most High God. Come on. Now, the thing is about our lives, I need my two helpers to come and run up here to join me. We've got Harry and Dee. It looks like he's come straight from a cricket match tonight. Here we go. You, because you're shorter. You're both pretty tall, actually. Who's the tallest out of the two of you? Guys, next time we have people to help me on stage, can we find some little people? Come on. We should have had Caleb Ailing up here, yeah. Even my son is taller than me now. This morning, you were what is, but I feel like you should be what will be because look how fresh you look tonight. You are, you're dip. Hey, bro, you're good too, but I love you, Harry. You know that. In our lives, there are two realities. And the reason why dreams are incredibly important is because the natural place where we stand in our lives is in the middle of what is. This is where I naturally stand. I stand in the present. I stand in the moment of what will be. I stand in my experiences, I stand in my past, I stand in my pain. But what a vision does, what a dream does, sorry, just want to come over a little bit D so the camera lines can uh, line up. Yeah, this way. Look at me. Uh, that's it. Keep going. Yeah, look at, look at Nate. It's responding. Give D a big clap. Is... 
Even when D shuffles from one side to the other, he does it with swagger, doesn't he, you know? Like when I do it, it looks like I have two left feet. With D, it's like, you know, I don't know. He's just got rhythm. He's born with it. I stand in a moment and I see in my life what is right now. But when I receive a dream or a vision, what I see in my life is what will be. This is incredibly powerful in my life because without the dream, I become defined and limited, shaped my emotions, my worldview, my understanding, my aspiration falls into line with what I see in the world that surrounds me. This is why the God that we worship is the God of visions and dreams. It's because what God does, not only in the life of Joseph, but in the life of every one of his children, as he awakens us to see more than what is, he awakens us to see what will be. Because when I see what will be, I see through what I'm encountering in my present moment to see something greater. And that changes the way that I interact with the moments that are in my life right now. Like if I couldn't see what will be and a pressure point comes up in front of me and I'm trying to decide, do I go to the left or do I go to the right? If I can't see what will be, I'm gonna take the path of least resistance. I'm gonna flow like the water flows around the obstacles, but I could be heading away from what God has for me. But when my life is alive with a vision, then I don't, I don't get off track because I stand in one moment and I see forward to what God has for me. And I stay on the journey of pursuing that which God has got for me in my life. And the powerful psychological reality that God wants you and I to live our lives with is He wants us to overlay what will be I mean, during COVID, I had to buy special glasses because I spent my whole day on Zoom meetings. And so I don't know about you, but did anybody get a headache about week two or three of COVID? Because you're just staring at a computer screen. And I had to buy special glasses that would take the headache away because it minimized the blue light of the screen that I was staring at. And it's the same with your dream. Your dream is supposed to be the lens through which you see all the world. Because you might have difficulty, you might have hardship, you might have challenges that come to you in your life, but God wants you to see your current world through the lens of the life, the promise, the blessing, the destiny that He has ahead of you. That's the way God wants you to see the world. It's 2 Corinthians 4, 17 and 18 tells us that our light and momentary troubles achieve for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not upon what is seen, but upon what is unseen, because what is seen is temporal, but what is unseen is eternal. And what God's wanting to do in our lives is to awaken us to dreams and visions so that we can see the world as He wants us to see it. And you're naturally designed for that. You're naturally designed for that. You're unique in all of the creation of the planet in that you have the ability because you are a spirit being to see the world not just as it is, but as it could be. That is a God-given, God-breathed ability that He is intending to fill each and every one of His children. So this morning we talked about the fact that number one, God is the giver of dreams. Number two, that dreams are outside of the norm. They allow us to see beyond what is to what will be. And number three, that your spirit lives outside of time. But tonight, I want to talk to you about point number four, and here it is. If you're taking notes, you can finish your notes from this morning. 
By the way, you should take notes. They've found and done surveys and discovered people who take notes make it into heaven. <laughs> They've also discovered that people who tweet and Instagram, not about the sermon, if you make me look good on social media, that's probably all right, but people who, people who get distracted on social media during sermons dangle over hell for just one day before they're allowed into heaven. <laughs> it's not true at all. I'm just joking. But because dreams are part of our spiritual makeup, because we're walking this journey in our lives between two realities, they're two realities. A dream is an alternate reality of the life that I'm living. I stand in one moment of my life, but because I have a dream and my I can travel through time, not just bound by where I was, but I can travel through time to where I'm going, as a person, I'm, bound, I'm living now in two realities. I'm living in the present and I'm living in the future. Well, that's great. That's encouraging for me emotionally, psychologically. That's gonna give me a little boost. But God just doesn't want the dream to encourage me. He wants the dream to be lived out in my life. And if the dream is gonna be lived out in my life, our fourth point, which is our first one for this evening, is that dreams have to be spoken. If you've heard a lot of sermons about Joseph, one of the things we rib Joseph about a lot is about the fact that the guy got a dream that no rational person would think, my brothers are going to love this dream. If you are number 10 of 12 brothers, nobody is gonna be wrapped when you rock up and say, God spoke to me, you're all gonna bow down to me. And I've heard sermons where preachers have been like, Joseph should have kept his mouth shut. His journey would have been a whole lot better. No, not true. Because the truth is, my friends, as Joseph began to give voice to his dreams, he was playing a powerful role in the fulfillment of his dreams. And for each and every one of us, it is important to know that if you have a dream in your heart, it is not enough just to have a dream in your heart that never makes it to your mouth. Joseph gave voice to his dreams and that's one of the reasons why he fulfilled his dreams. And for you and I in our lives, it does not enough just to have that dream living in me. I have to let it come from me. I have to give voice to my dreams, words to my dreams, because as I give words to my dreams, I'm giving life to my dreams. Uh, Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10. It's going to jump up on your screen. But Romans 10, 9 and 10 says that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. That's a powerful verse about how we find Jesus. If you don't know Jesus in any of our services tonight, I want you to understand it is not on you. Your own works can't get you salvation. All it takes is a heart that is believing and a mouth that is open and faith and salvation can come to you no matter who you are, no matter where you've come from and no matter what you've done. But note that there is a dual reality. The very next verse goes on, Romans 10.10, and it says, for it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. And it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. Okay, so now the Bible's talking about two factors. Joseph gets a dream and the dream is in his heart. 
So he's standing in what is, and he's got a dream that is alive on the inside of him. That's a wonderful thing. But Joseph needed to play a role because as he gave voice to his dreams, giving voice to his dreams achieved something that helped to move him from where he was to where God wanted him to be. John, what are you saying? I'm saying that it is with the heart that I believe and are justified. In other words, my heart, when I believe in my heart, it changes my inner world. So you get a dream and you overlay that over what is. The moment that that happens, it changes the way that I feel on the inside of me. I go from being depressed to expectant. I go from being rejected to alive that my life has a purpose. I go, from, I go from mediocre to rising for excellence. Why? Because I've got a dream in my heart and it changes the way I feel about me. But it's not enough just for that. The Bible says it was with the heart. Can you put the verse back up, please? You guys, Romans 10.10. 10. It is with the heart that you believe and are justified. Go to the next one, please. And it is with the mouth that you confess and are saved. That word saved literally means to be bought out from, to be delivered out of, to move into. In other words, what I believe in my heart changes my inner world. What I speak changes my place in the world. Did you catch that? What I believe in my heart changes my inner world, but it is what I speak that changes my place in the world. That's why, my friends, God doesn't ever want something to be alive on the inside of you that isn't then coming forth from you. We've got to make a decision that when we've got a dream or a vision, it's going to fill the mouth and it's going to be spoken out from us because as we speak the dream, we give life to the dream. We send that dream into the world. I don't know if you can catch this, but you understand that in the book of Genesis, God spoke and He said, let there be light. And before there was sun or moon, light came as a result of the spoken word of God. Then God said, let there be a separation of waters. Let there be, let there be. And every time God spoke, the world was formed in line with the words that God spoke. What's the lesson? God spoke the world through the words He spoke. You shape your world through the words you speak. So in our lives, when we begin to speak in line with our dreams, I remember when I was just a kid, I got saved at the age of 18. And if you had to talk to me at 18 years and three months, Harry, in the middle of a new Christians class, should I do Alpha? Man, my Lord, I did it like once, twice, three times. My senior pastor used to take the class. He was trying to kick me out of it because he wanted, he wanted some new, new, new Christians to be able to ask the questions because I've been there three times. But if you had to said to me in my third month of being a Christian, turning up to a church in the back blocks of New Lynn in West Auckland with a mullet. I had a mullet when I got saved. Yes, this is a testimony to the saving power of Jesus that He transformed me from a bogan with an HQ Holden and a black jumper and a mullet into the stylish stud muffin you see standing in front of you tonight. That's what years of serving Jesus can do for any single one of us. But if you were to come up to me in the middle of the new Christians class and say, what do you want to do with your life? I meet people all the time. I met a person at the airport yesterday who met me when I was 21 years old, not yet dating Jillian, but at an event with Jillian because I already thought she was cute. <laughs> True story. It was a Christian event, but she was at the Christian event with another boy, but I knew he never had a chance. He never had a chance. He was here. She was here. It was never going to work out. 
I was only here, but I just, I just jumped real high, you know what I'm saying? And lied a lot. I didn't lie, I jo- that's a joke, I did not lie. If you had said to me in that new Christians class, what do you wanna do with your life? I would have told you, I wanna be a pastor. I wanna plant my own church. I wanna pioneer my own church. I'm 19 years old, 18 years old, and I'm just giving life to it, giving life to it, giving life to it, giving life to it. What are you gonna do with your life? I'm gonna be a preacher. I'm gonna be a leader of people. I'm gonna pastor my own church. I'm, gonna, I'm giving life to it. I'm giving life to it. And every time you speak your dreams, you're giving life. The world's gonna tell you to keep your dreams quiet. Pressure's gonna come around you to shut up and be still. But you gotta understand, never you're gonna hear God hearing the words of a dreamer and saying that person's got too much gall. You're never gonna hear God in the scripture ever telling a dreamer to shut up. Never gonna hear God ever. When David said, what will be done for the man that kills that uncircumcised Philistine? Heaven never told him off. God got his back as the giant was slew. And in the name of Jesus, I'm telling you, if you've got a dream in your life, heaven's not ridiculing you. Heaven's not telling you to be silent. Heaven wants you to write it. Heaven wants you to screenshot it. Heaven wants you to quote it, tweet it, Instagram it, get alive with it. It doesn't matter if it seems crazy. Greater is He that is in you than he that is in the world. And if God put a dream on the inside of you, He intends it to come to reality. I need about five seconds of praise from people who believe in the power of dreams. When you speak out your dreams, you're giving a pothry to your destiny. We understand that in New Zealand. We say, Hare mai to those that are far off. When I speak out my dream, that's what I'm doing. I'm giving a pothry to my destiny. I'm welcoming what is far away to come near. Number five. I'm up to point number five. You've got to admit I'm doing okay. Point number five, dreams attract ridicule. Joseph shared his dream with his brothers, and the Bible says that his brothers mocked him. His brothers didn't like his dreams. They abused him because of his dreams. They hated him because of his dreams. And I just wanted to share that with you because I think sometimes when we receive dreams in our lives, it's tremendously encouraging for us. And we kind of think it's gonna be welcomed by everybody else. (laughs) Have you ever found that that is not the case in actuality? That when you're alive with a dream, it doesn't mean that everybody's gonna celebrate you. And the reason why, can you guys just come forward a little bit? Just, uh, no, 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 not, not further out. That's it, you go there. Stand up by my notes, you get back here. You're doing good. I am not a very clear communicator, am I? When I have a dream in my life, what I'm doing is I'm standing in one reality. And as I give voice to the dream, that, that is an essential part. If I don't give voice to the dream, the dream will never come to pass. But as I give voice to the dream, I'm standing in one reality. I have seen another reality. You have seen another reality. But nobody else has seen it. So as you're standing in your current reality, giving voice to another reality, you can see the world in a better place. You can see things different to how they are now. That's incredibly motivating for you but that's incredibly unsettling to everybody who's bound by the status quo. If I can't see the world being different, I don't want a disruptor getting into my life telling me, see the truth is your dream sounds to everybody else, 
Like the present that we're living in right now is not as desirable as the life that I would like to be living. Your dream sounds to everybody else like this life is not as good as the life that we could have. And it seems like you are opting out of the world that they are living in. So the way your dreams sound to others is, I I know you're my homie, I know you're my friend, but actually I want to be living a life different to the one that we're living. I know that this is our neighborhood, but really what I want to be is I want to be living this kind of life. Now that's not what's in your heart, but that's the way that it sounds. And most often in life, what we do is we ridicule what we don't immediately understand. How many people know that to be true? So it's easier for us to push the dream down. So what happens is when you get a dream and you begin to give voice to it, you know the greater the dream, the harder it is for other people to comprehend it. And so the moment that I begin to speak it and give voice to it, if it's a dream that cannot easily be understood, what's naturally going to be the response of people is that they're going to be confronted by it and they're going to ridicule it and they're going to be unsettled by it and that's going to bring hurt and difficulty into our lives. And that's important to know. Point number six, and we'll get better in a second, is that dreams encounter opposition. Dreams encounter opposition. Joseph's dreams were spoken to his brothers. Not only did they ridicule him, but they literally began to come against him in his dreams. They stood between him and any reality of his dreams. They took Joseph, it's good that you're Joseph tonight, and they threw Joseph into a pit. They sold him into slavery. They said goodbye to their brother and thought they would never see him again. I want you to hear that because I think sometimes in our lives, we think that just because we have a dream, everybody's going to treat us well, or we're going to be celebrated, or everything's going to go our way. And the truth is, people are going to ridicule you, but it's going to go a little bit further. If you've got a dream in your life, don't be surprised if you receive a vision and a dream on a Monday, and all hell breaks loose on a Wednesday. And the reason why is because the moment that you became the recipient of a dream, you became a high value asset for the kingdom of God. But you can't become a high value asset for the kingdom of God without becoming a high value target for the kingdom of hell. Hell doesn't want your dream coming into the world. What's the difference between God and the devil? Well, thousands of things, but one is that God doesn't want you bound by your past, limited by your present, contained by your fears, ruled by your anxieties. That's what the devil wants. God wants you breaking free from every chain that has bound you, every limit that's ever been spoken over you, every word spoken in judgment, every negative thought you've ever had. All condemnation, all fear, all anxiety bows. When Jesus takes His rightful rule, Come on, if you believe that, I need you to give God about 30 seconds of crazy praise. Come on, praise Him in this building. Worship team, you can come and join me. And so that's why the moment that I become the recipient of a dream and I begin to speak that dream out into the world, all of hell is going to come against me. All hell is going to try and dissuade me. But friends, I want you to know that no weapon that the enemy could ever form against you is ever going to stop the dream that God has put on the inside of your life. I need to prepare some dreamers tonight that when you've got a dream living on the inside of you, don't be surprised. 
Don't be surprised if your first investment doesn't go the way you want. Don't be surprised if it looks like everything is about to fall over. But know this with equal certainty, just as sure as there will be difficulty. Oh, let me just quote Jesus. Jesus said in John 16, in this world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer because I have overcome the world. And when I've got a dream living on the inside of my life, I might face some difficulties, but know this, my friend, your dream isn't finished. Your dream isn't over. Your difficulty isn't your demise. Your setback is not your end. It's always God working something greater. And God is trying to say to every single one of you and me, He's trying to say, team, let's not let the devil take us down. Let's not let the opposition make us settle. Let's rise beyond it. We've got to expect it. Think about Joseph's journey. Think about Nehemiah. Had a dream for the vision of the house of God. You know, our church's journey. In fact, the reason why we're doing this series was because the Lord began to speak to me. And in two weeks, we're doing our vision Sunday. But the one thing you need to know about Arise is Arise is not just a church. We're a movement. We're an army. We're a voice. We're a collective group of people who are united together around a dream. A dream. A dream. Transforming cities with the truth and love of Jesus. Bringing the hope of Christ to a new generation. Not letting the devil win in New Zealand. Not letting suicide rule. Not letting marriages just go to the end naturally. Not letting people get told in New Zealand that their life is a mistake and a reject. No, we're here to see a whole generation find the love of Jesus. We want to bring, we want to bring the freedom of God and the healing of God to every soul in our nation. We're unashamed about it. And God is saying to every single one of us, let's rise up as dreamers together. Let's not be dissuaded, not be discouraged. I'm speaking to somebody today who's had a setback in their life, who's had a disappointment, who's had something go opposite of the way you want it. And God is saying to you, it's your moment. Don't you cower, don't you bow, don't you give up, don't you quit. But rise up, son of God, rise up, daughter of God. Be the person God wants you to be. Sure, dreams face ridicule, but dreams, point number seven, I said I'd give it to you. Point number seven, dreams become reality. Dreams become reality. And in your life, my friend, I want you to know if you hang on to your dreams, if you hang on to your dreams. Some people give up on dreams, and do you know why they give up on dreams? Because they thought they had a dream. They had a fantasy. God will never give you a dream that's just going to make you famous. If God gave you a dream, the world's going to be better because God gave you that dream. And let me tell you this too. Let me tell you this. If God gave you a dream, it doesn't have to be grandiose. I meet too many Christians who say, John, I don't have a dream. I don't have a dream. It's because you're looking for grandiose. Mother Teresa didn't have a dream of being Mother Teresa. Yes, she is like feedback worthy. Mother Teresa became Mother Teresa because she had a vision, a dream that she could help people make the world a better place. 
All she did was get off a boat in Calcutta, find a man in a gutter and take him and rest him and heal him and dress his wounds and set him off on his life. And then find another and did it again, find another and did it again. And the world sought her out. And when you've got a God dream living on the inside of you, it's gonna make the world a better place. A God dream for you might be that your family can be united when it's been divided. A God dream for you might be that you could help your family to break free from dysfunction. A God dream for you might be a brother or a sister coming back to know Jesus. A God dream for you might be just raising some healthy kids. But God wants you living with dreams on the inside of you. Come on, if you believe it, stand to your feet and give God some praise all over this room. If you believe in the power of a dream. Joseph had a dream. Joseph had a dream. Everything in his life went south. I mean, my Lord, first your brothers hate you. Then your dad tells you off. Then your brothers sell you into slavery. Then your slave master's wife tries to seduce you and then accuses you of being a rapist and sends you to prison. Then you interpret people's dreams in the prison, but then they forget about you when they get released. So you're left in the prison. And then finally, famine came upon all the world. And in a time of famine, Jacob, who's Joseph's father, says to his brothers, go down to Egypt. There is food in Egypt. And as Jacob, Joseph, Joseph stands in the place of food distribution, all his brothers come before him and they bowed to him. Not to make him Lord or King, but to honor the one who was able to bring the provision that he, he made the world a better place as his dream came to pass. Don't forget your dream. Don't be dissuaded on your dream. Don't give up in the face of ridicule because you've got a dream. Don't you quit because you've got opposition because of your dream. Give life to your dream. Live in your dream. Make your home in your dream. Make your identity your dream. Marry your dream. Court your dream. Worship God in your dream. Because my friends, your dream is going to change the world. If you believe it, give God about 30 seconds of praise in every location tonight. If you would like to find out more about Arise Church and Pastor John Cameron, visit arisechurch.com or connect with us on Instagram at Arise Church and at John Cameron NZ.